Welcome back to Between the Levees. I am joined today by Ms. Erin Howard, the Executive Director of the Riverworks Discovery Program. We're going to find out a little bit more about her upbringing, her career, and what got her to this point. Ms. Howard, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Well, you have seen how these begin. Please tell me, where were you born? I was born in Newark, Ohio. What did your parents do for a living? Uh, my dad was a civil engineer and... I'm not really that sure about my mother. Um, she left when I was three, and so I was raised by my father. Did you have grandparents local? I did, yes, and and they were involved um, helping my dad when I was younger because I was I was three at that time. My brother was two, and my sister um, wasn't quite one yet, so they provided a lot of help. And no contact from your mother from that point on. Um, a little bit. Um, a couple years after she left, she came around for a little bit, but that didn't last very long. And then by the time she started to come around again, I was a preteen and, and kind of, you know, angry at the situation. And she tried, but it didn't go very well. So the last time I heard from her, I was a few weeks shy of my 13th birthday. Yeah, no, I can only imagine how tough that must have been. Well, what was life growing up? It, it was still good. My dad, you know, he did, he did a great job. Um, he sent us to Catholic schools. Um, and, you know, I, I only, I have pretty fond memories of my childhood. Um, obviously not having my mother around did affect me somewhat um, from the perspective of, you know, seeing my friends grow up with, with a mom, but I had a lot of friends, moms who stepped in as well. And, you know, would take me for days of shopping with them and, and other things. And then um, my dad remarried when I was a senior in high school, but he had been dating her for a while and so um, had some influence there as well. Any specific memories of any trips or anything you did growing up with your dad? Yeah, a lot. Um, he, he made a point to take us on vacation every year, um, usually beach vacations. Um, one time he had the idea that we actually went for two weeks. Um, so that was, you know, a good memory, but usually to Florida. Um, sometimes I, I danced when I was a kid and so did my sister. So sometimes vacations would um, revolve around wherever those dance competitions were in the summertime, like Myrtle Beach. I remember one time um, but yeah, we were always going on a beach vacation usually, and we would, uh, you know, weekends sometimes, um, I had, my, my dad went to the university of Cincinnati and he had friends from college in Cincinnati. And so those years, especially after my mother left those early years, we would come down to Cincinnati a lot and stay at their house. And so, um, good influences and memories of coming to Cincinnati. Were you drawn to anything in school growing up? You know, I, I liked, I liked school for the most part. Um, I really liked social studies for some reason, studying people. Did you attend college? I did. I went to the University of Cincinnati and I uh, majored in environmental science. And so graduated with an environmental science degree in the year 2000. I know, of course, Riverworks was not your first career. No. So walk me from college, I guess, up until... Uh, the point of you, you arriving at Ripperworks, or I think it was meeting Mark Canoy at, at some point. Is that correct? Yeah, well, actually, it was Mark Carr first, um, but I can kind of tell you how that all came to be. Um, when I when I first graduated college, I had a, a job at Keep Cincinnati Beautiful 
And after a couple of years, um, got hired for the county, um, it, the Hamilton County Solid Waste Management District. And there I did um, in environmental programs in schools. And I also helped schools get recycling programs started. And I, you know, also had had gotten married out of college and, and had three kids pretty quick. Um, so about 2006, decided that I wanted to stay at home with my kids. My youngest was two years old and I had a four and a six-year-old. So I had resigned from my job at the county. And when I did, I got a, gave a pretty lengthy notice of about a month. And right shortly after I resigned, but was still working for the county, Mark Carr, um, who worked at the time for AEP River Operations, had met my boss, Sue Magnus, at a conference. And she, he called her up and said, hey, we're bringing a, a program to Tall Stacks and we need an educator to work our booth. And this was in October, which would have been the time my, my one month notice would have been up. And, and she asked me if I wanted to work that booth for them. And I said, no at first. Um, so then a couple of weeks went by and it was getting closer to the tall stacks time, which was in October. Um, and a AEP still did not have an educator to work their booth. So Mark Carr contacted my boss again, who asked me, are you sure you don't want to do this? So I said, fine, I'll do it. And, and I said it reluctantly, but I, I went to tall stacks and worked the booth. And at that time, what, what AEP had were two puzzle models. Um, one was of a towboat and one was of a three-dimensional paddle wheel. And um, it, it was big puzzles that kids could get around, a big group of kids. And the idea was that they were going to put them together to kind of show the, the transition of um, river transportation over time, you know, paddle wheels to now modern day towboats. I knew nothing about river transportation prior to that event. Um, even going into it, I didn't know a lot. I, tr I tried to found, find out information prior, but wasn't really given a lot of information. I showed up that first day to work it about an hour and a half early, just so I could figure out what exactly am I doing here. And AEP sent help for me. Um, they had contacted McGinnis, a local company here in Cincinnati, and McGinnis Inc. sent people to help me. When I walked in the booth that day, I said, hey, let's look at these puzzles. They're, they look pretty complicated. Let's take them apart and try to put them back together. So that's where we started. Um, I don't even think we had the first puzzle put back together before kids came in. Um, but throughout that week, I asked all kinds of questions to McGinnis. You know, what, and, and they, they educated me a lot too. You know, they taught me the terms port and starboard. And um, so I learned like when putting the puzzles back together, they kind of had two sides to them. So we actually labeled the puzzle pieces port and starboard so that when kids were putting those puzzles together, they could, you know, learn some things as they were doing them. Um, but anyway, that that tall stacks lasted a week. It was a seven day event, about 12 hour days, and they they were long days. But after the event, I was so intrigued and fascinated by everything that I learned that I told Mark Carr from AEP that if he wanted that I, I knew because of my background and um, experience, knew of other events in the greater Cincinnati area where they were um, sometimes looking for unique education programs to be a part of like a, a water festival or a career day or um something like that, and environmental days. So I told him that I could take this out every once in a while if he wanted to, me to. 
he said, sure. And so it, it was great because I was staying at home with kids at the time, but it turned out I, it, I needed something to also keep me busy. And this was just enough to allow me to stay at home, yet sometimes get out and be around people and, and do something stimulating for my mind. Um, the more I took it out, the more that I just continued to grow and, and love the idea of Riverworks Discovery. So then in 2008, um, I had received a letter from a newsletter from the first place that I had worked at, which was Keep Cincinnati Beautiful. And in that newsletter, there was an article about the efficiency of river transportation. I called um, Keep Cincinnati Beautiful up and I said, hey, are you, are you guys trying to start a program? Because that's kind of what I'm doing with Riverworks Discovery. You know, a big part of what we would do when we would take this out to schools was talk about the efficiency of river transportation compared to other modes. And they told me, no, um, a company called Cincinnati Bulk Terminals had sponsored them to do something. So as a favor in their newsletter, they put this article about the efficiency of river transportation. So I called Mark Carr up and he said, yes, they used to be our sister company. And he said, why? And I, I told him and he said, well, why don't you call and get a meeting with them? So I did. And I met with Jack Weiss, the president at the time, and he still is, and also Ron Hodel. And told them all about Riverworks Discovery and what, you know, I was trying to do. And, and Jack loved the idea. And at the end, he said, well, what do you want us to do? And kind of on the spot, I said, well, you know, AEP is paying me to take this program out locally in Cincinnati, and they're headquartered in Chesterfield, Missouri. What if you paid me to take it out in Cincinnati, and then AEP can use their money to take it to another city? So they, they did. They became the first... Um, where I consider McGinnis the first in-kind supporter of Riverworks Discovery for sending help at Telstacks. Cincinnati Bulk Terminals is considered the first financial supporter of Riverworks Discovery for giving me those funds to work with that, that year. Then I, I said to Mark Carr, I, you know, still not really understanding the scope of the river industry at this point in time and, and how many companies there were. Um, I said, do you think there's other companies who would like to do this? And he said, of course. So what we started doing then was getting other companies involved and we would reach out to them and say, hey, you do you have a big festival or event in your city or town where you think we could bring Riverworks Discovery? Um, one of the first places we did was Ingram in Nashville. We took it to their Dragon Boat races that year. We took the program to Paducah. Um, ACBL was another early company that worked with the program. And at this point in time, these companies couldn't sponsor Riverworks Discovery because they couldn't really, AEP as a barge line could not accept funding from them, but they were considered supporters of the program because they would pay for the fees to bring it to their city, shipping the puzzle models. They would pay for that if um, I needed to come um, you know, travel expenses and, and things like that so that they could support it in that way. By about 2010, we had about 20 or so companies that were working with and supporting Riverworks Discovery in some way, but again, not being able to give money directly to AEP. AEP decided that they still really liked the program, but it was going beyond their mission as a barge line. So under Mark Canoy's leadership and direction, um, AEP looked for a national institution to gift the program to. 
That national institution became the National Mississippi River Museum and Aquarium, which is physically located in Dubuque, Iowa. And what that did for Riverworks Discovery was several things. It, it made us a 501c3. So now um, companies can donate and it can be a tax deductible expense for them. It also gave me resources that AUP could not give me as a, as a barge line um, because the museum and aquarium, they have an education team. And with Riverworks Discovery, we do education. Um, and I can bounce ideas off of that education team. The museum and aquarium also has a grant writer. And sometimes companies fund Riverworks Discovery through grants. They have a marketing department. So when I need a flyer done or something added to my website or promotional materials, you know, the, the marketing department can help out. Um, so those, those were things that um, were positives for um, very smart decision of Mark Canoy to gift the program to the museum and aquarium. Um, today, we have close to 200 companies now who sponsor Riverworks Discovery. And, you know, what, what, where the museum and aquarium is a physical location that people can visit, um, they get about 200,000 visitors annually from all 50 states and foreign countries too. And within the museum and aquarium, there are river related um, maritime exhibits and, and things that deal with river transportation. Riverworks Discovery, though, is not a place that people can visit. So we're the national outreach program now of the museum, and we can take Riverworks Discovery into communities thanks to sponsors, the, the 200 sponsors who support it in their communities now. How broad is your reach? How many cities do you attend each year? Well, we've we've done Riverworks Discovery in about 19 different states now, actual programming. And where we started with public festivals and events, we still do go to public festivals and events, um, but we've really expanded since then. Um, we now have an elementary program, uh, best for grades three through six, really hits home with standards in grades four and five. Um, we actually have a program outline that we can provide to our sponsors and sometimes they will in, in a kit full of supplies and sometimes they will take it out into their um, uh, schools around their city and do Riverworks Discovery. Other times we've partnered with local museums who we will train on our program and they maybe add a little bit of their own content in as well and we'll invite students that on a field trip to come to their location they will give a Riverworks Discovery program to them. And then they have the remaining time to explore the rest of the, the museum or aquarium where, where they're at, where they have river-related exhibits that go with the content in our Riverworks Discovery program. Um, but then, so usually when we're doing an elementary program, it's where we're taking our program out to someone else's existing event or someone else's location and being a part of their program. But we also now have a signature Who Works the Rivers Career Awareness Program. Um, this is our event where we invite schools to come. It's, it's a field trip for juniors and seniors, and it's a day-long event for them to learn about careers in the maritime industry. And when we put these events on, we get our local companies in the area to be a part of them, not just, they they do provide financial support, but we also need their people resources to come out and put 
activities on and, and show the kids how things are done and speak to them about what, what they love about the industry. So our signature event, Who Works the Rivers, has been done in a 15 plus cities now. We're continuously adding cities every year. But basically where we have a group of supporters, um, we can then look at putting on these Who Works the Rivers career events. What age groups do you are you usually presenting to? Yeah, again, we have um, programming for all age levels. Um, the, the elementary program, like I said, is best for grades three through six, really hits home with standards in grades four and five. The Who Works the Rivers Career Awareness Program is we, we target juniors and seniors in high school. Um, the, we, we now have a uh, middle school program that is on our website, but it's more teacher driven. And we are getting ready to really start promoting that so that teachers are aware that it's out there and exists. Um, but we also have from 2013 to 2018, we had a national traveling exhibit that traveled the country. And it went to about 15 different cities during that time. It stayed for three to four months at each location. And it was a 2,000 square foot exhibit that brought all the elements of Riverworks Discovery to life in a traveling exhibit. So it, a, a traveling exhibit, how, how that actually came to be before Riverworks Discovery was gifted to the National Mississippi River Museum and Aquarium, Mark Carr had went to a meeting in Louisville, Kentucky, and it was at the Science Center. And he said, how do you keep co people coming back here once they've seen it? they've seen it. And they told him about the idea of traveling exhibits. And so this is how we decided it, you know, because they have an exhibit in and it stays for a certain period of time and then it kind of moves on. So that's how we decided to do our traveling exhibit with Riverworks Discovery. But those exhibits, they, you know, have a lifespan, parts start to wear out, people have seen it. And so you need new content. We are actually fundraising right now for exhibit number two and we're about a quarter of the way fundraised and we've got the that is it's been through three levels of design um but this exhibit again will bring all the elements of riverworks discovery to life which i don't think i've said what our mission is right yet um, the mission of riverworks discovery is to educate people about the commerce culture conservation and careers of america's rivers and the new exhibit at is actually going to have a fifth C of connectivity and talking about how all of those C's are actually connected to each other. And you said this has been uh, going on since 2008? 2006 was the very first public presentation of Riverworks Discovery at Tallstacks. Um, and AEP was the, the company that brought it and kind of developed, concepted the idea of Riverworks Discovery. 2008 is when we started working with other companies to bring it to their cities. And 2010 is when AEP gifted the program to the museum in Dubuque. It, it's, it's just continuously grown and evolved since then. And has it, it's always been called Riverworks Discovery? It has, yes. Um, we have changed the look. So the, the uh, first logo of Riverworks Discovery was more red in color and more elementary looking. But as we started to do this idea of who works the rivers and um, kind of have a more mature audience, we actually changed the logo a few years ago to this one that you see behind me on the screen right now. So explain to me before you got involved, what uh, 
what was the organization before they said, hey, there's a presentation, we need your help? It was just that AEP had concepted the idea of Riverworks Discovery because they realized that the general public wasn't very knowledgeable or educated or even aware of river transportation and what happens on our nation's rivers. And they decided that that wasn't the public's fault, but it was the, you know, the industry's job to educate them and make them aware. And so that, that's the, how Riverworks Discovery came to be, was that initially just wanted to educate and make the general public aware of the importance of our nation's working rivers, what happens on them, the efficiency of river transportation, and hopefully gaining some public support for the infrastructure on our waterways. Well, after over 15 years now, have you been able to measure, have you gotten any feedback uh, for the students that may have attended 10 years ago? Are they now in the industry? Yeah, so it's really hard to track students after high school, um, especially when you're working with cities from all over. Um, we started the Who Works the Rivers Career Awareness Program in, in 2011 was the first time that we held one of those. And it was actually with the Waterways Association of Pittsburgh. And the first Who Works the Rivers was actually more of like a career day. And just where um, the kids would come in, they would meet with the companies, and find out about the career opportunities that they had to offer. We have really evolved Who Works the Rivers since then. Um, now, every Who Works the Rivers program, there are three parts. There's a presentation time, and we have a presentation that's been developed in what's called Prezi format. And no matter if you're in New Orleans, Cincinnati, Paducah, or Pittsburgh, the kids are going to get the same introduction to the river industry as anywhere else. A second part of the Who Works the Rivers program are activity stations. And instead of um, you know, meeting with a company and saying, we're ACBL and we're AEP and here's what we do, because that becomes repetitive, right? If you have three or four barge lines participating and they go from booth to booth to booth, they're hearing the same story just from a different company. Same with shipyard and repair facilities, two or three participating. Um, so what we do now is we have a list of activities that we ask our participating companies to, to pick an activity. And these activities are reflective of if kids were to pursue a career in the industry, something they might experience on the job. So we have line throwing and handling. Um, we've had rigging and winches stations. We have PPE stations. Um, one deals more with um, the PPE worn on the towboat, and another one deals more with shipyard and repair facility PPE with hard hats and um, steel-toed boots, and we use watermelons and hot dogs to demonstrate the importance of wearing those items in the activity. We have a chocolate chip cookie activity where you take the ingredients of a chocolate chip cookie, um, talk about where they come from within the world, and how they all get to one place to make that chocolate chip cookie. So you can talk about the logistics of shipping, and then we give the kids a chocolate chip cookie at the end of that activity to hit it home. Um, as we continue to bring this program to new cities, companies are continuously coming up with new ideas. So this past fall in Paducah, Kentucky, Crowns Corporation came up with a, an activity where the kids do bumper building. And they talk to them, they have different stages of a bumper hanging and the kid, they talk to them about what it's for, why they make them, that they're made of line, and they actually get to come up and, and make the line. ACBL has now replicated that in other cities that we've participated in. Tennessee Valley Towing in Paducah came up with a, a new one where they brought a cook off of one of their boats 
and he cooked some brisket and potato salad for the kids. When the kids came into that station, the, the samples were on plates and they got to eat as he talked to them about what it's like in the day in the life of being a cook on a towboat. Um, Marquette in uh, just about a month ago in New Orleans came up with a new activity where they take chalk and draw a six pack on the, the pavement. And then they give the kids a radio and have the captain talk to the kids and they send them out on the tow with all their PPE equipment on and give them instructions through through the radio. And if they listen and follow instructions, then they're safe. But if not, they could end up in the river. And so when they did that activity, a couple kids did end up in the river that day. Um, but it, the, these activities are, again, designed to be engaging, hands-on, visually stimulating um, so that they're learning about the industry through participating in the activity. And then the third part of a Who Works the Rivers program is where we, um, some sort of facility visit or tour. We've had tours of museums, um, tours of port facilities, uh, boat rides, towboat tours. Um, last week or two weeks ago in um, Pittsburgh and West Virginia, Back to back, we did a program in Pittsburgh where they get a boat ride on board the Gateway Clipper Fleet. The next day, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, Amherst, Madison provided a towboat for tour. Um, back in the in March, when we were at the Port of South Louisiana, we've actually hosted these events at port facilities before, but right down the road was Cargill. So the kids got to go tour Cargill. Um, in New Orleans, um, the Port of New Orleans, we've also held the event. And down the road this past fall, a new exhibit just opened called View Orleans. It's on top of the Four Seasons Hotel. And it's a two-floor exhibit where they have simulators and history of the, the river and all kinds of things. So the students went over there as part of their field trip experience. And then what we do is it, Who Works the Rivers events are a ton of work, but I absolutely love them because it it's collaboration of people within the industry to educate young people about the career opportunities that this industry provides. And it it's just amazing to see so many companies come together who many of them are competitors among each other, but when they realize the need and the value of educating the the people about the opportunities that they have, they understand that they need to work together first to get the word out. Within the event, even though they're not necessarily promoting their individual companies, there are things that Riverworks Discovery does to also get recognition for those companies. Um, prior to the event, we put together a document where we asked each of the companies to submit a little description about their company, you know, just a short two or three, four sentence paragraph. Their, their logo, their website, and then we put that together and we send that to the schools ahead of time so that the teachers can share that with the students. Um, the day of the event, we've also now started doing t-shirts. And on the front, it just on the front right pocket, it says Riverworks Discovery, but on the back, we have a header that says Who Works the Rivers. And then we put all the sponsoring company logos on there. And so all of the um, students get to go home with their t-shirt that day. And it's a reminder for them of what companies locally are available and careers that they can apply for and who participated that day. Um, and then we also have the participating companies wear their own logo to payroll to get them exposure. All of these events seem that you're describing seem pretty engaging. Are there any specific ones that are especially successful or um, attractive to 
to students? Well, in the Who Works the Rivers events definitely are. And um, what we're finding as we've evolved them over time is students are more engaged, but educators as well are, you know, they, they come and they learn right along with the students. And really, you know, if we can get to the educators and, and make them aware of the career opportunities that are in this industry, then as they continue to work with these kids all year long and continuously from year to year, have a new group of kids, once they understand, they can then start to steer kids in the direction of what well, you're not quite sure what you want to do, or you want to do something with your hands or outside or more physically active, or, you know, they can steer kids in the direction of potentially applying for in the industry. Um, we now have on our website, um, after students attend Who Works the Rivers event, we've created a sticker with a scannable QR code. And when the kids go to our website, scanning that code, it'll take them directly to a Who Works the Rivers page. And we now have a student survey. It's the first thing that they see. It takes about two minutes to fill out. We just started the survey this year, um, but we collect information from the kids about what they thought about the event, if if they're considering any career opportunities within the industry. And so after the event's over, we compile that data and share it with our company supporters. Also, then it kind of opens up to a page full of resources that they can explore. The, the most visited page on our website is our career page. We actually have careers listed in the industry and they're kind of um, organized by, for example, jobs on a towboat, jobs on the shore side, jobs in a shipyard and repair facility. So they're categorized that way. But for each career listed, there is a description of the day in the life of what it's like. Um, there's the average skills or education needed to obtain that position, the average salary range within the industry for that position. We've now started to also connect short videos showing of um, what a kind of day in the life is of that position. And then for the companies that are our supporters that have told us that they hire for those positions, there is a link for each position of all the companies that hire for that, and it will go directly to their how to apply or job openings page. And so that's a great resource for the students, especially after they've attended a Who Works the Rivers event, so they can find out more about those careers and even the companies that hire for them. And we promote that page all the time through not only the Who Works the Rivers events, but something I haven't talked about is our social media efforts. Um, with Riverworks Discovery not being a place that people can visit, um, we, we bring our program out into communities and, and there's nothing that can replace in-person contact um, and being able to do those events. But we also, another way that we reach people is through our social media. We have Facebook, LinkedIn, um, Instagram, and on each of these outlets, we have events every week of the month. Mondays, we have Mentor Monday, the first Monday of the month, and that's actually today. Um, but we get someone to write about their mentor in the industry, talk about where they started in their career, where they're at today, and who helped them along the way. What we feel this does is um, shows different career pathways within the industry, but it also shows young people that you're not alone out there, that people are willing to help. And we hope maybe it'll inspire other young people in the industry to become a mentor themselves. Um, the second Tuesday of the month is Towboat Tuesday. We pick a topic related to the industry and explain it in a way that a layperson can understand. 
Um, the third Wednesday of the month is You Work the Rivers Wednesday. And we make a post on our social media and we leave it pinned to the top of the page all month that basically says, hey, guess what? We work with companies who hire. If a company is a current supporter of ours, they're invited to reply in the comments with the current job openings they have. And it's just a way for our supporters to connect with our audience um, to let them know about the careers and job openings they have available. Um, National Rivers Hall of Fame Friday is the last Friday of the month where there is something called the National Rivers Hall of Fame. And several of the people that you have interviewed are actually in the National Rivers Hall of Fame. Mark Canoy, Deb um, Calhoun, Chad Pergracki, Living Lands and Waters. So, um, but we pick a person in the Rivers Hall of Fame and highlight their contributions to rivers throughout time. And then something new we added just to bring in a little more of the sea part of our mission conservation is Species Sunday. So the last Sunday of the month, we pick a river critter, animal or insect and tell all about that. You know, and, it, and with um, the kind of, trying to decide what the impact of all this programming is. You, you asked me this earlier and I, I forgot to mention this. Some of our companies, um, one in particular, ACBL, has actually added to their application in the how did you hear about us section. Riverworks Discovery is a specific choice that people can um, circle or choose on the application. And they do give me reports back and people do circle every month that they heard about the job through Riverworks Discovery. And that could have been through attending the Who Works the Rivers program. It could be through um, following us on our social media and hearing things that way. Um, you know, but the other impact is, again, it's hard to follow kids after high school, but through starting to get these survey results back, having companies like ACBL put that on their application and providing us feedback um, right before COVID, the Waterways Journal did a story or Riverworks Discovery, and they allowed me to um, reach out to different supporters around the country so that they could kind of tell why they were involved with who works the rivers and in Riverworks Discovery and the impact that they thought it made. And some of the stories that came out of that were, one, the connection that the companies were able to make with the schools and the educators that they did not have before. Um, a couple of companies, um, Crescent Towing down in New Orleans and um, McNational out of Alton, Illinois, had made connections with schools where they started um, internship programs and had students come through these internship programs that they were now able to, years later, these students still work for them, but it all started with that initial connection. So as we do these Who Works the Rivers programs around the country, and we compile our list of educators that we reach out to every time we're doing these Who Works the Rivers events. Educators also send information to me that I can then share with our list of supporters in that area. If they're having their own career event, or if they need a speaker to come in and talk about a certain subject. And so Riverworks Discovery can be a connector between the businesses and the educators. Um, so it's hard, again, to tell a direct effect, but I absolutely believe that Riverworks Discovery is making a difference. And, you know, it's not that a company is going to attend a Who Works the Rivers event and tomorrow have 100 applications waiting. It, it's not about that, but it, we are definitely an education and awareness piece of the puzzle that I believe is making an impact and a difference. And you, you can't take that piece of the puzzle 
away. Well, what do you think of our mutual friend and his little maritime throwdown program? Captain Kenny Brown. I love him. Um, he contacted me several years ago when he was just getting started. I love his vision and initiative. And Captain Kenny Brown has actually brought maritime throwdown to who works the rivers career events around the country. Um, and he sets up his trailer and he brings um, his guys to work with the, the students and teach them how to throw lines. And it's amazing because um, Captain Kenny can can talk to them at their level and have them understand, you know, he, he's been in this position and he's out there. And that's another thing we really love to do with these, we, these Who Works the Rivers events is we like to get a diversity of people from the industry at the events, working the events and talking to the kids so that the kids can see themselves one day. So we, we try to get females and young people, old, you know, just, just a diverse array of people at these events to share what they love. This was back in March in New Orleans. We did a day, we had over 2000 freshmen come to us throughout the day at Junior Achievement in New Orleans. And when we first started planning the event, the idea was that we were going to have, because we had um, groups of students come to us throughout the day. The, the smallest group was maybe 200 kids, but the largest group was close to 500 students. But we were going to have just a bunch of, um, and we only got them for 25 minutes, and we were going to have just a bunch of activity stations set up, kind of let the kids come out, pick activities, and, and kind of roam and do what they wanted to do. But as we really started thinking about that, we knew that the kids were not going to leave with an idea of what this industry was all about. They might have went out and they might have had fun rowing a line or um, seeing a watermelon explode, but they in, in 25 minutes, they wouldn't have been able to connect the dots. And you know what we're up against as an industry is students do understand what it's like to be in the medical fields or the service related fields or a doctor or a lawyer or what have you, but they don't understand unless they've had a, a family member working in this industry, they probably don't know anything. They're coming in blind. And so what we decided to then do as a group, I pulled a committee together and we created a play that talked about the river industry and what it is from, from start to finish. And as we were thinking about the play, we really needed an MC for the day. I reached out to Captain Kenny and he was our MC that kind of kept the skit moving along. And, and he, he did an amazing job. We did 12 presentations that day to over 2000 freshmen in high school. And at the end, they all got to, I had all of our company participants. They still got to do some hands-on activity where we had um, cones set up and a, a ring toss and each, all the students got to toss the ring around the cone and we connected it to safety and safety in the industry. And, you know, that's the number one most important thing, but they also got to see Delgado throughout, you know, when they, um, Delgado brought a simulated firefighting experience and they got to see the Delgado put out the fire again, connecting it to safety. Um, Captain Kenny talked about line throwing and we had the pilots associations and it was, it was just, an amazing event, but Captain Kenny is definitely amazing and a great partner for Riverworks Discovery. Glad to hear it. Uh, what is the grand vision or what's next for your program? Well, um, we actually have created an advisory board for Riverworks Discovery made up of our um, sponsoring company members um, from around the country. I tried to, when I was 
um, thinking about putting the, the board together, I tried to think about each of the areas that Riverworks Discovery is very active in and who are my most active participating members that come up with you know the most creative ideas. So we have about a 15 member advisory board. We met for the first time in New Orleans in March. Um, our second meeting is coming up in June and it's actually going to be in Dubuque and then our um, we're, it's going to be three meetings a year, but our last one will be in New Orleans during the um, WCI conference at the end of that conference um, in November. But I really see that this board is going to help take Riverworks Discovery to the next level through the organization of ideas and, you know, getting people to actually help carry out those ideas. The one thing with Riverworks Discovery is, you know, I do have a, a full-time um, coordinator for Riverworks Discovery who, who works for the program, but we're a small two-person team right now with the help and the assistance of the team at the museum, but then our, our sponsoring companies who also make this thing work. Um, not only do they give their financial resources, but the, the in-kind resources that these companies provide, whether it being opening up their facility so that we can host a Who Works the Rivers event, providing tow boats for tour, helping develop um, content and presentation materials and, you know, their their time at Who Works the Rivers events to speak to kids and put activities on. I mean, this thing just wouldn't work with without all of that. Um, and again, I think this organized advisory board is really going to take Riverworks Discovery to that next level. Um, we also have on the horizon, the, I mentioned it earlier, but the um, traveling exhibit that we are working on, our second traveling exhibit um, that we're in the uh, initial, well, we were, we're about a quarter of the way funded for that exhibit right now, but that'll be an, another big project coming up for us. And then just continuing to expand this Who Works the Rivers program and making resources easier for companies to access and utilize so that we we understand as Riverworks Discovery that the companies we work with are busy and they have their day jobs and, and have to get work done. So when we ask them to participate in, in these events, we understand that it's taking time away from that. So we try to make things as easy as possible, like where we do have our presentation, for example, it's the same no matter what. We ask someone to maybe talk about how to get land and keep the job, but instead of having a company have to put that together. We already have it put together. We have a script that goes with it. And we just need a, a person in HR to talk to the kids about that. They have the resources ready. We have the list full of suggested activities. And we're working on an official write-ups of how to do those activities from start to finish. And I'd like to also kind of next step is get supply kits together. So now that you want to do the cookie activity, Here's how to do it. Here's the supplies to do it. Just show up the day of, study it a little bit. You're ready to go. Um, we're looking at doing presenter training with our Prezi presentation so that um, these companies can understand better how to talk to high school students. Um, so just, again, continuing to streamline and make things easier for the sponsoring companies who, who love the program, but are also limited on the time they have available to actually do these things. What's one of the most surprising or interesting things you've learned about the industry over the years? Probably the people. And, and it's what keeps me going is the people in this industry are amazing. You know, they say it's a, a family and it definitely is. And, and I feel that, um, 
My father passed away in August, suddenly and unexpectedly. And at his funeral, I had about 10 different flower arrangements from people all over the country who had heard about that, the, the businesses and the companies that I work with. Um, I, I just felt the love there. But even before that, I mean, I, I just love the people that I get to work with. Amazing, genuine, true people who truly care. Well, yeah, I've been in this industry for about eight years, and it's certainly been uh, a very surprising, well-kept secret to work in. But do you have any sort of final thoughts, final message for the industry? Or for any listeners? Um, you know, if you're a supporter of Riverworks Discovery, genuinely, thank you. Um, I'm I'm passionate about this program and it wouldn't work without the, the company support. So thank you if I've had the opportunity to work with you. And if if not, you know, I would love for you to reach out and find out more to see if it, it might be a fit for you as well. And I'm just looking forward to continuing to grow and bring our message to more people around the country and, um, you know, hopefully changing lives of, of people who can realize the value of um, and the benefit of working in this industry. What's the best way for them to contact you? Should they have interest? Yeah, um, you can go to our website, riverworksdiscovery.org. My contact information is is on the website. You can also reach out to me through um, email is it, it, it's my name, Aaron with two R's, E-R-R-I-N at riverworksdiscovery.org. I can also be contacted by phone, area code 513-403-9312. Um, you can also check us out on all of our social media. We get um, messages to our pages, so you can message that way, whatever, whatever is easier for you. Well, Aaron, thank you very much again this morning. Uh, I'm glad we could finally get this lined up. Yeah, me too. Thank you for um, inviting me to be a part of it. I've seen some of your shows now and you've had a lot of people on here. Um, so congratulations to you on your success in getting people to participate. Thank you very much. We'll keep in touch. This has been a production of Where You At Studios, LLC.